Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I am always Marvin Williams. Yes, you are. And today's episode is number 25. We are looking at John chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 42, but it's the whole thing. Yeah. We're yeah. going we're gonna to take a, a yet another longer chunk. Um, and it's this passage really focuses more on some teaching of Jesus as he's continuing conversation. So. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a, here's a question to kind of kind of uh, kick us off. Uh, what animal would you like to be compared to? Oh goodness! <laughs> Immediately think of ones I would not want to be compared to. Um, well, I guess I when thinking of like the points of comparison, like. I like, I don't want to be an ant, but I like how ants are characterized as hardworking and diligent. So in that sense, yes, I don't want to be tiny and stepped upon. <laughs> uh, like as far as physical strength, like the cheetah being fast, okay, that would be yeah, cool. Okay. That would be, I would take that as a compliment. If, okay, yeah, yeah. So how about you? Um, so, so because I'm not a good swimmer, I, I would love to be um, compared to a fish. Um, and, uh, you know, I... They, they are like, that's their life. They swim yeah. all the time. And so, so I would love to be compared to a, a fish and um, just so um, I wouldn't have to learn how to swim. I would just be born that would to be swim. who you are. Yeah, yes. who I am. So, all right. Um, so that and, and, uh, and maybe an elephant, um, you know, just, you know, elephants, you... When you Everybody step, everybody likes an elephant. Really, you, when you step, you people know you're there. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so I think those are uh, that's the the strength of you know um, that you talked about with the the cheetah being mm-hmm. fast. I think the elephant for me, fish and an elephant. I like it. All right. So why why are we talking about animals today? Because right off the bat. Jesus actually doesn't compare us to a cheetah or an ant or uh, a fish or an elephant. And I don't even know if I'm, I don't, I don't even know if I like this. He compares us to a sheep. Yeah. And it's, so. It's not much of a compliment. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do we, why, why do you say that? Why, what do we know about sheep that, uh, that says, uh, that's not a compliment. So we know they're not very smart. They um, just freak out about things like they for sure follow the crowd. Like one starts running, they're all running. They, yeah, they're, they just, oh, how they tip over and they can't get back up. Like, that's just the worst. You've seen that video, haven't you? Of like the one that runs and jumps in the crevice and then the the shepherd gets him out and then he immediately just runs and jumps right back in. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's uh, being compared to a sheep. Uh, right off the bat, it's like, uh, I don't think that's a good comparison because, yeah. as you said, they're not very smart. They follow the crowd. Um, they are, I mean, they kind of look lazy. They just kind of stay in one space and yeah. and um, and they always need to be led. So they it feels like they have no independence in a sense. They need to be led. And I wonder if that's part of the reason why well, Jesus compares us to <laughs> There may sheep. be more, com- yes, <laughs> more true comparisons than we'd like to admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you, when you look at, um, look at this passage, again, it's a, it's a pretty long passage, but again, we're not covering everything. Mm-hmm. What stands out to you just from the outset? Mm-hmm. Well, in verse seven, 
when Jesus describes himself as the gate yeah. for the sheep. So I thought, okay, so what is a gate in a sheep pen? And of course, I don't know what biblical times that really exactly looks like, but a gate in a, an enclosed area is important because it, it means it's the way to safety. Um, it's the way to rest at the end of the day because, because of that, you, because you feel safe, you can rest. Um, it, it may be the way to life. Like within that gate is where the food is. Yeah. So yeah. all of that really uh, made sense to me that Jesus, yes, he is the gate. He provides safety. He yeah. provides yeah. rest. We can be content and um, restful in, in in his protection. And he gives us life. Yeah. And and that's, that's uh, I really, I really like the idea of uh, within the gate, there's food. Within the gate, there is a sense of of abundance that the shepherd wants the sheep to have. Um, you know, sheep, they roam and they go and they're, they can be off on their own and there's danger out there. But, but Jesus says, you know, I'm the gate. I'm the one who provides safety, as you mentioned. I'm, I'm the one who provide, uh, provides abundance for you. And so, um, so that fact that Jesus is the gate is a, is a super um, simple metaphor, but a very powerful one. And not only the gate to um, from danger, but the gate to life. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, I love I love that you you know you again you notice that. Um, but he, he says something else, which um, um, in I think it's in verse number ten. Um, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he says, I came that they might have, they may have life and have it abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so this, 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 this is interesting that the shepherd, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and I am the gate and I am the one who's providing abundance and life and safety and rest. But there's something, there's someone else who actually wants to steal all of that from you. Yeah. There's a thief that comes and he wants to take away the abundance. He wants to take away the safety, the rest. And, um, and you know, we know this, you know, the thieves can be not only Satan, but also even religion and tradition, stealing the things that, um, that Jesus wants to provide for us. What, what else do we, what else can we say about this thief? Yeah. So it, that is important to note that the, the thief is always coming after something valuable. Yeah. Thieves don't yeah. break in to steal your snacks or <laughs> right. you're, they're looking for good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we need to recognize Satan or these other temptations as wanting to take away that life. I, I also think it's, imp- I mean, it says they come only to steal, kill and destroy. And a thief also does not come like in the middle of the day exactly with a band leading the way. <laughs> no, a thief <clears throat> has to be sneaky and deceptive. Yeah. yeah. So we have to be watchful. Um, because, I mean, what Satan offers us is the worst. Like, it's yeah. not something we want. So he has to be sneaky and deceptive. And that makes me think of our previous conversation about Satan is the father of lies. Like, yeah. so we yeah. have to be watchful and attentive because he's coming after what the valuable, what we have, our contentment, our safety in yeah. him, the life, or in not in Satan, in Christ. Yeah. He wants to... Um, he wants to make us miserable to steal, kill, and destroy that abundant life that God offers us. Yeah. yeah even, and, even more, yeah. even more uh, reason to believe and to accept that Jesus 
is the gate. He's the one that provides safety. You know, again, we can be dumb sheep. Um, we can mm-hmm. be individuals who uh, who miss the um, who who miss the signs that um, that Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so the um, uh, Jesus offering life and him being the gate, saying, "Listen, I'm." Don't don't accept and receive what he's offering. Um, guard your heart. Guard yourself. And I'm I'm the one, uh, which which kind of leads us to this next part. Mm-hmm. I'm the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who is here to protect you. But what else can what else do we know about shepherds that that actually helps us to understand this section a little bit better? Yeah. Well, and right off, Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd. I know my own." A, sh- a good shepherd knows his sheep. Yeah. And when Jesus says he knows us, yeah. like that's not in just this general sense of, yes, I see you out in the crowd, you know, in this big mass of people. Like in Matthew, Jesus says um, how he, you know, a sparrow doesn't fall without God knowing. And so how much more does he know us? Um, it says how he knows how many hairs are on our heads. Like yeah. that's not even important, but God he wouldn't have us. to count very much well, for mine. Well, okay, so. <laughs> you said it. Uh, but, I mean, that's, that's not even important. Yeah. And yet God knows that detail. Psalms, he knows when we sit and when we rise. Our thoughts yeah. before we think them. Like, that knowing us is, and that is how shepherds know their sheep. They they know them individually and specifically, and that is true for Jesus. I love one, you know, a, a cultural nuance here is that, um, they uh, the shepherds actually named the sheep and they knew the names. They mm. you know they could distinguish and discern from one sheep to the other. And, and I could not. Yeah, I will yeah, tell you exactly, that. Like I mean, exactly. a herd of sheep just yeah. looks like a yeah herd of sheep. Yeah, but. yeah. And and so that's the beauty of um, what Carolyn just said is that um, you may feel like you're not seen. Uh, you may feel like you're not heard. Uh, you may feel unknown, but the one who is the good shepherd, um, he knows your name. He knows what you're going through. He knows your address. He knows your past. And he knows literally everything about you. And he says, you're mine. Uh, he says, listen, I know you've made mistakes in the past. I know you've made unwise choices. I know you've roamed off the farm and those kinds of things. But he says, you're mine. Um, and when you're injured, the other thing about shepherds is that when sheep were, uh, sheep's sheep were injured, he would pick them up and put them on his shoulder mm. and bring them back to safety. And so even if you're hurt right now, injured from past whatever, uh, we have a good shepherd who picks you up, uh, puts you on his shoulder and brings you back to safety. Yeah. I love that imagery of Jesus being the good shepherd and caring so deeply about us as sheep. And it doesn't matter what we've done. Um, he, he loves us just the same. And uh, so, I, 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 again, that, that, that imagery of shepherd uh, is so, so important, I think, for us as believers. Yep. And even that next phrase, so Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Yeah, yeah. Which that's... I mean, sheep recognize their shepherd's voice. They don't get confused with which one to follow. They know. And how do they know? From that familiarity, from that close um, relationship, the repeated voice, listening to that repeated voice. And so how does that translate for us? Well, it's again, being in the word. Absolutely. And knowing the truth. Love it. When we, that is how we know God's voice. 
um, how we can discern it from others that might sound tempting again, but when we, we can know our shepherd's voice by knowing his word and, um, and building in that truth. Yeah. And, and another, another, um, key piece is if you say, well, how do I, how do I know that this is God speaking to me? If it's producing fear, if it's producing mm-hmm. shame, if it's producing guilt or judgment, um, condemnation, that is not the voice of the Father. Right. That is the voice of the Father of lies because he wants you to feel shame so you can go into hiding. He wants you to fear so you're not filled with faith. He wants you to feel condemnation so you're not receiving the grace of God. And so when you pray and when you, not only when you pray and when you read the scripture, um, his voice is going to be clear. It will not produce all of those things aforementioned. It is going to produce life and a sense of healing and like, no, that's calmness. Mm-hmm. That's my father's voice. So voice recognition is key. Um, and we can learn his voice by learning his word, by being in his word every day, as you mentioned. Yep. Yeah. So um, anything else that, that stands out um, that... Um, from this, from this particular passage? Well, just that beautiful idea that Jesus says he lays down his life for the sheep. Yeah. We know that's an allusion to what's coming, that he lays down his life by dying on the cross for us. Um, but I think the fact that it says, I lay down my life, like that Jesus willingly sacrificed himself. Um, it was not out of weakness or defeat that he dies on the cross it's actually out of choice and out of strength that he does that that. it's not that that he was overwhelmed by you know i think and that's important for us to recognize like yeah he faced this brutal death but it wasn't because he was overwhelmed and defeated it was out of his willingness to lay down his life he chose that i love i love that and um man you know the self-sacrificing nature of Jesus, you know, dying on the cross uh, for us, that, that humbles us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it makes us want to, you know, to serve him. Now, keeping with the shepherd theme, yeah. um, just as we are his flock, I believe we also have been given a flock. Uh, people to care for, uh, people to love, uh, people to um, serve and even sacrifice for, mm-hmm. whether it's our family or whether it's our teams or whether it is our friends. Um, I think we can consider that kind of a mini flock that we have some level of responsibility for. And and so the question is, how good of a shepherd are we in those moments? Um, and that's, that's a kind of a nuance for me. We're talking about Jesus being the good shepherd, but I think we become under shepherds to him. Yeah. And you don't have to have the title pastor. You don't have to have the title minister. We, in fact, all are servants and ministers who have a flock that we're called to, to shepherd and to love and to care for. Yeah, I think that is so true. Clearly, parents are the primary disciples of their kids. Love that. Yeah. But then we also have other people that we're in relationship with that we may be called to disciple and to come alongside. Um and then even it makes me think of the Good Samaritan story that Jesus told. Like, he, this guy's just walking along and is called, I mean, and responds by, well, the whole story is in response to someone saying, hey, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Yeah, yeah. And his answer is this, you're, the neighbor is the person who needs your help. Yeah. 
And the ones who walked on by were the religious people. Absolutely, yeah. Again, we have these religious people that are just terrible examples <laughs> over and over in Scripture. But it's it's the Samaritan who would have been an enemy of the injured man. Mm-hmm. And yet he's the one who responds. So who is our neighbor? Well, the person who's in need. That's yeah. that To that level, we can be shepherding and caring for others. Yeah, and, and I think a good question for, for all of us, a good question for me is, what is the condition of my flock? The flock that God has given me a level of responsibility over. What's the condition of my flock? My family, my wife, my children, uh, my neighbors, um, my uh, my friends, and uh, and that's a question that that kind of arrested me. Like like I have a responsibility to know how they're doing, and um, and a simple question, you know, how can I pray for you? Yeah. Uh, what are some things that um, that you need at this point? So I think that's a a good question for us to even kind of ruminate and chew on. What is the condition of my flock over which God has made me some, in some sense, an overseer or a shepherd? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, uh, again, one more uh, thing that kind of kind of stood out to me, and that's verse um, verses 28 and 29. And verses 28 and 29, this is what it says. It says, um, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand, and uh, I and the Father are one. So Jesus here, um, you know, we, we've talked about this not a lot. Uh, in, in Christian circles, we talk about it, talk about this, the idea of eternal security. Mm-hmm. So um, another way of saying it, once saved, always saved, um, and the grace and the life that God gives us, he doesn't take it back from us because we sin. Um, And some people might say, well, since I have eternal life, I can just party hard. I can just live it up and I don't have to worry about anything. Um, That might indicate something else. Maybe did I really, really surrender my life to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so so eternal security, what what do you think about that? And, And we don't, we've not talked about that often, but what do you think about it? Well, I think it is important for us to know that and to remember for that very reason that, well, when we become a believer in Jesus, it doesn't mean like, oh, we've said this before in previous episodes, everything goes great and we just do everything right from then on. You can live for five more minutes and realize, oh, I'm still me. I still have, um, I'm still exposed to temptation. I still have faced challenges. I still have this sinful nature inside me. Yes. I am a new creation, but I'm still also working that out. God is still, and it is that weird uh, paradox of completely transformed and yet continuing to grow. Absolutely. So both of those things are true at the same time. So this uh, this principle of eternal security is hugely important to realize, like, yeah, you are continuing to grow, and there's nothing, I like to say it this way, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. Like his love is without condition. He loves us because he loves us. He, Christ came and died and rose again so we could have that friendship with him, period. Like we then, so knowing that um, I think is encouraging, especially for those of us that are well aware of our mistakes, our weaknesses, our continual sin, we knowing that our salvation is secure, that God, we are a work in progress, and he's going to be faithful to complete that work that he's doing in us. 
that's hugely comforting. Yeah, I think I think what you just said probably just set some people free from the doubt and from the discomfort of saying, I don't know if I'm saved, and I don't know if I'm a Christian, and and um, and and there are so many people who doubt their salvation, and when you doubt your salvation and you're in this liminal space, like, do I live a holy life or a, a life that's pleasing to God, or do I not? And and I think I think what you just said, I think. It, it can help people allay those doubts to say, no, I don't, I am not fully transformed. In, I mean, practically speaking, mm-hmm. there's still some things I'm dealing with, but what Jesus did on the cross and when I surrendered my life to Jesus, um, that was real. And he's, um, he's in my heart. And again, would say in my heart, um, we, we, I know, I know you don't like to use that phrase. I don't like to use that <laughs> phrase, but um, he's present with you, and you are a part of um, the family of God. Mm-hmm. And now it's time. What can I do? Uh, what are the thing, the factors that I need to put in place to help me grow, to confirm and affirm the decision I made to to surrender my life to Jesus? I think Paul says it uh, in Romans chapter six, verse one. Um, Shall I sin now so that grace may abound? <laughs> and he said, For God forbid. He says, no, that's not the way you want to live. The way you want to live is knowing that you have, been ex- you have experienced grace, the grace of Jesus' death, and now what does it look like for me to grow in that grace? And so, uh, so if you're doubting your salvation, which we all do at some point, um, go back to the reality and the truth um, of what Jesus did on the cross, you, you surrendering your life to him, and he has settled that. Nobody can snatch you out of uh, the hands of Jesus uh, because of your uh, your commitment to him. So, yeah. so I thought we it, it I thought it'd be interesting just to kind of hit that a little bit yeah, because I know I that a important. number of people uh, sometimes doubt their salvation because um, because they sin, they blow it, and they figure like like I'm not saved anymore. But mm-hmm. this helps us to see mm-hmm. you know, we're we're saved because of what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more we could talk about from this yeah, chapter, yeah. but I do think we need to wrap up. So what would you say you can believe about God, yourself, and others from this chapter? Yeah, I think uh, for me, um, he's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Um, even though I can be an unwise and dumb sheep, he comes uh, looking for me. He comes um, offering life and abundance, and, um, and, he's, uh, and he's a good shepherd. Um, there are days for what I believe about myself. There are some days... Uh, I, I roam and I wander off the, you know, the farm, if you will, and um, and he comes he comes looking for me, and that I'm I'm very I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that idea that he is the good shepherd, that he knows me. I just love that, and think it's just so amazing when you think of the millions of people for all time. That's that's why he's God. Yeah. Like yeah, only yeah. only yeah, God absolutely. could keep track of all of that that he does. <laughs> I like to think that I'm an organized person and I can keep my ducks in a row, but he has so many ducks and, and yet he, it is so many sheep. Of, and so many sheep. You're <laughs> right. He loves us. He knows us specifically and intimately. And that's just so amazing. Yeah. Um, and then for me, just that whole being mindful of the thief, um, yeah. that, yeah, just being aware that what Satan, he's going to be sneaky. He's going to be deceptive, but he is ultimately, here to steal, kill, and destroy. Like, so whatever, however tempting um, something may seem, it is not for my good. Only my shepherd 
knows what's best for me, and that's what he offers. And that's good news. And that is good news. Um, Thank you for listening, friends. We're so glad that you joined us today. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review, and share it with a friend.